Welcome to Standard of Care, the show where we pull up the black turtlenecks and show you the real life working in a design firm. We hope to explore the daily life of design professionals such as architects, interior designers, engineers, graphic designers, web designers, and so on. We want to investigate the value they bring to the creative projects in the world. Behind every creative output is a story that we would like to explore and discover how it came to be. Um, I'm Sinan. And I'm Jefferson. And this is Standard of Care. On this episode, we wrap up the AIA B101, the owner and architect agreement. Um, this episode, we're going to take you from Article 9, which is the um, termination or suspen- suspension, all the way through the signature line and um, get the series wrapped up. It has been quite a journey, and uh, I'm looking forward to taking you here through the end. Okay, welcome back. So now we're going to start in Article 9. We're starting to get into the really juicy stuff now. Um, and and the part you've all been waiting for, compensation, is coming up here soon. So let's get get through these and um, get, get on to the end. So um, if you've listened to all of the parts so far, we're on Part 6. Um, the other episodes you can fi- find on whatever platform you're streaming on. Um, and uh, now we are pushing towards the end. So Article 9, termination or suspension. Um, 9.1 is your friend if the owner fails to make payments to the architect in accordance with this agreement. Uh, and... Um, such failure shall be considered substantial non-performance and cause for termination or at the architect's option costs for suspension of the work. If the architect elects to suspend services, the architect shall give seven days written notice to the owner before suspending services. In the event of a suspension of services, the architect shall have no liability to the owner for delay or damages cause to the owner because of the suspension because it's not the architect's fault Um, before resuming services the owner shall pay the architect all sums due prior to the suspension and any expenses incurred in the interruption and resumption of the architect's services the architect's fees for the remaining services and time schedules shall be equitably adjusted so this is a time that you get to relook at your fees if it's a long suspension, you know, there's escalation and inflation costs that could happen that would change your billing rates and things like that. Um, if it's just a short suspension, there may not be much or any costs or damages. Um, I'm sorry, not damages, costs or um, reimbursables or, or, or expenses that would be incurred um, in that amount of time. So this one, uh, 9.1 is your friend. If the owner suspends the project, the architect shall be compensated for services performed prior to notice of such suspension. When the project is resumed, architect shall be compensated for expenses incurred again. This one is similar to 9.1, but it's saying if the owner chooses to suspend the project, the architect has the right to be compensated for the work they have performed up to that point 
and then the architect should stop upon receiving this notice. Um, but when or if the project is resumed, the architect has the right to um, additional services uh, for that interruption. So this one is also your friend, 9.2. Um, 9.3, if the owner suspends the project for more than 90 cumulative days for reasons other than the fault of the architect, the architect may terminate this agreement with seven days written notice. So again, if it's gonna be a long termination and you simply can't, can't wait that long, you can give notice to terminate the contract. But if the project starts up again, you will need to execute a new contract. 9.4, either party may terminate this agreement upon not less than seven days written notice. Um, should the other party fail substantially to perform, as in not providing services or not paying bills, um, through no fault of the party initiating ter termination. So you can, you can only terminate as long as everybody is uh, up to date on providing their deliverables or providing their funds. 9.5, the owner may terminate this agreement with seven days written notice for any reason, um, including owner's convenience. Um, this in fact says um, seven days written notice to the architect for the owner's convenience and without cause. So for any reason the owner can terminate this agreement, they have to give you notice. And per uh, 9.2, the owner is suspending the project perhaps indefinitely you have the right to be compensated for the services and expenses that you have expended up until that notification okay uh 9.6 if the owner terminates the agreement for its convenience um pursuant to section 9.5 the previous section uh or the architect terminates this agreement in accordance with 9.3, which is the 90 day, um, the 90 day fault. Um, the owner shall compensate the architects for services performed uh, prior to the termination. Um, and, and, and the consultants uh, as well. 9.7. In addition to the amounts paid under 9.6, if the owner terminates this agreements this agreement for convenience or the architect terminates uh, agreement pursuant to 9.3 the owner shall pay the architect the following fees set forth in the amount below point one is a termination fee you don't have to put anything uh, licensing fee this goes back to your article 8 um, about licensing is that article 8 nope that's arbitration so that would be article 7 sorry copyrights and licenses. So um, licensing fees is if the owner intends to continue using the architect's instruments of service without retaining the architect. This again is granting the owner the license to use it, but not transferring the copyrights. So there's a difference there. You still maintain the copyrights to the design itself but you're granting the use of your construction documents or drawings or renderings or specifications for a future architect to use. Um, 9.8, except as otherwise expressly provided herein, this agreement shall terminate one year from the date of substantial completion. Uh, again, you can modify this um, to 
terminate uh, thir 30 days, whatever it is, but also understand that your state's um, um, laws for the uh, amount of time that they have to raise a claim could materially change this contract such that your one year is invalid. Um, some states it's five years, seven years, 10 years. Those are kind of the common ones. Um, the owner's right to use the architect's instruments of service in event of termination of this agreement set forth in Article 7 and 9.7. Um, uh, anyway, so that, that concludes Article 9. Okay, welcome back. So now we're going to start in Article 9. We're starting to get into the really juicy stuff now. Um, and, and the part you've all been waiting for, compensation, is coming up here soon. So let's get get through these and um, get, get on to the end. So um, if you've listened to all of the parts so far, we're on Part 6. Um, the other episodes you can fi find on whatever platform you're streaming on. Um, and uh, now we are pushing towards the end. So Article 9 termination or suspension um, 9.1 is your friend if the owner fails to make payments to the architect in accordance with this agreement uh, and um, such failure shall be considered substantial non-performance and cause for termination or at the architect's option costs for suspension of the work if the architect elects to suspend services, the architect shall give seven days written notice to the owner before suspending services. In the event of a suspension of services, the architect shall have no liability to the owner for delay or damages caused to the owner because of the suspension, because it's not the architect's fault. Um, before resuming services, the owner shall pay the architect all sums due prior to the suspension and any expenses incurred in the interruption and resumption of the architect's services. The architect's fees for the remaining services and time schedules shall be equitably adjusted. So this is a time that you get to relook at your fees. If it's a long suspension, you know, there's escalation and inflation costs that could happen. It would change your billing rates and things like that. Um, if it's just a short suspension, there may not be much or any costs or damages. Um, I'm sorry, not damages, costs or um, reimbursables or, or, or expenses that would be incurred um, in that amount of time. So this one, uh, 9.1, is your friend. If the owner suspends the project, the architect shall be compensated for services performed prior to notice of such suspension. When the project is resumed, architects shall be compensated for expenses incurred again. This one is similar to 9.1, but it's saying if the owner chooses to suspend the project, the architect has the right to be compensated for the work they have performed up to that point, and then the architect should stop upon receiving this notice. Um, 
but when or if the project is resumed, the architect has the right to um, additional services uh, for that interruption. So this one is also your friend, 9.2. Um, 9.3, if the owner suspends the project for more than 90 cumulative days for reasons other than the fault of the architect, the architect may terminate this agreement with seven days written notice. So again, if it's gonna be a long termination and you simply can't, can't wait that long, you can give notice to terminate the contract. But if the project starts up again, you will need to execute a new contract. 9.4, either party may terminate this agreement upon not less than seven days written notice. Um, should the other party fail substantially to perform, as in not providing services or not paying bills, um, through no fault of the party initiating ter termination. So you can, you can only terminate as long as everybody is uh, up to date on providing their deliverables or providing their funds. 9.5, the owner may terminate this agreement with seven days written notice for any reason, um, including owner's convenience. Um, this in fact says um, seven days written notice to the architect for the owner's convenience and without cause. So for any reason the owner can terminate this agreement, they have to give you notice. And per uh, 9.2, the owner is suspending the project perhaps indefinitely you have the right to be compensated for the services and expenses that you have expended up until that notification okay uh, 9.6 if the owner terminates the agreement for its convenience um, pursuant to section 9.5 the previous section uh, or the architect terminates this agreement in accordance with 9.3, which is the 90 day, um, the 90 day fault. Um, the owner shall compensate the architects for services performed uh, prior to the termination. Um, and, and, and the consultants uh, as well. 9.7. In addition to the amounts paid under 9.6, if the owner terminates this agreement, this agreement for convenience or the architect terminates uh, agreement pursuant to 9.3 the owner shall pay the architect the following fees set forth in the amount below point one is a termination fee you don't have to put anything uh, licensing fee this goes back to your article 8 um, about licensing is that article 8 nope that's arbitration so that would be article 7 sorry copyrights and licenses. So um, licensing fees is if the owner intends to continue using the architect's instruments of service without retaining the architect. This again is granting the owner the license to use it, but not transferring the copyrights. So there's a difference there. You stay, still maintain the copyrights to the design itself but you're granting the use of your construction documents or drawings or renderings or specifications for a future architect to use. Um, 9.8, except as otherwise expressly provided herein, this agreement shall terminate one year from the date of substantial completion. Uh, again, you can modify this um, to terminate uh, 
30 days, whatever it is, but also understand that your state's um, um, laws for the uh, amount of time that they have to raise a claim could materially change this contract such that your one year is invalid. Um, some states it's five years, seven years, 10 years. Those are kind of the common ones. Um, the owner's right to use the architect's instruments of service in event of termination of this agreement set forth in Article 7 and 9.7. Um, uh, anyway, so that, that concludes Article 9. All right, this is going to be a good one. This uh, next article, Article 11, compensation, is the one that you've probably been waiting for and looking forward to, is how much are you going to be paid and how are you going to be paid? So for this Article 11, um, Section 11.1, the article's basic services described in Article 3, which we've already been through, the owner shall compensate the architect as follows. Either point one, a stipulated sum, which is a lump sum or a, um, you know, uh, perhaps even a GMP or a maximum price or a maximum fee, a set fee, a, uh, any, any, whatever you want to call it. AIA calls it a stipulated sum. Okay. And you'll bill against that as a percent complete uh, on perhaps a monthly basis or whatever you outline later on in the section. Um, uh, Subsection two percentage basis. This is stating that you will be compensated as a percent of the owner's budget for the cost of work as calculated in accordance with 11.6. So we'll get to that in a minute. This one is hard to justify, and there are specific situations where you may want to do this. Um, Owners don't like it because if their budget goes up, then they also have to pay you more, but you may like that because if the effort that you're gonna have to go through designing something goes up, then you should be compensated um, commiserately. So this one uh, is is good for you, but owners typically don't like it because it's harder for them to budget for. Stipulated sum is better for the owner because it's easier for them to budget for. However, there is more risk to you that if it takes significantly more time than you planned, uh, you don't have a vehicle really to ask for more money. That was the risk that you took. On the other hand, Uh, If it takes less time than you thought it was going to, you're still entitled to the full amount of money and perhaps then you're going to make a larger profit. Um, Three is other. Other compensation methods can include um, billing on an hourly basis. Um, Trying to think what what other ones have come up. Uh, A a GMP not to exceed, so a, it's a stipulated sum that you will bill against hourly 
and not exceed. So the, the, that's probably the most lenient and most in the owner's favor is, is that one because um, then you will not realize the extra profits um, it, it, that you would see in a stipulated sum. And um, you also will, um, you cannot bill over the maximum price that you gave, thereby taking on additional risk. So you'd want to um, account for that in your fee probably. And the other part is that um, you would, um, yeah, I mean, th that one's that one's typically hard, but large large clients typically like that one because then, then they can budget and know that they will not uh, have problems. And you're probably going to want to work um, right up to that line of the maximum price, but not exceed it. So it's, it's on you to try and get the best estimate of your effort as possible. Uh, 11.2 for the architect supplemental services designated in section 4.1.1. Um, and for any sustainable sustainability services, the owner shall compensate the architect as follows. And then it says insert for stipulated sum. Um, or basis or compensation amount or which basically state state what methods of compensation are going to apply for that it could it could be different than your um, base services stipulated sum or you may not need this section altogether uh, subsection sorry 11.2 11.3 states um, for additional services that may arise under the owner compensation architect agree as follows. Typically here you would state your hourly rate for additional services, or you may say to be negotiated on a case by case basis. Um, 11.4 compensation for supplemental and additional services of the architects consultants when not included in this, in the, the prior two subsections shall be uh, the exact amount invoiced plus a blank percent markup or as follows. So here you would state, um, you know, uh, my, my structural engineer is going to be making X number of dollars per hour for additional services or um, as, as uh, negotiated on a case by case basis plus a X percent markup to cover my administration, additional coordination, all and any things that you would need to cover um, the admin costs of of supplemental fees for your consultants. Eleven point five, when the compensation for basic for basic services is based on a stipulated sum or a percentage basis, the proportion of the compensation for each phase and these phases match the phases that we saw um, earlier in section three um, in article three. So you've got schematic design, design development, construction phase, procurement phase, also known as bidding phase and construction phase, sorry, construction documents procurement construction phase. So this is where you would say what percentage 
of the stipulated sum you're going to be billing at each of these milestones. The um, kind of typical amounts are uh, SD, SD is 10%, DD is 25%, CDs are 40%, BID is 5%, CA is 20%. That's kind of the typical rule of thumb. Uh, obviously, your total compensation, you want to add up to 100% so that you're not under bidding. And again, at any of these phases, um, you can change and say maybe your bid phase is billed hourly or something like that. But um, Article 11 is where you outline uh, how much you're going to be paid, how you're going to be paid, and when you're going to be paid. So uh, 11.6. When compensation identified in this section 11.1 is on a percentage basis, progress payments for each phase of basic services shall be calculated by multiplying the percentages identified in this article by the owner's most recent budget, and then the payment will go out. So you won't necessarily get back paid. Yeah, you. so the last sentence, compensation paid in previous progress payments shall not be adjusted based on uh, subsequent updates. So you can't, oh, suddenly say, oh, you've upped your budget. Let me go back and, and bill you for the SDU we completed two months ago. You cannot do that. That's what 11.6 is saying. Um, 11.6.1, when compensation is on a percentage basis and any portions of the project are deleted or otherwise not constructed, constructed, so when your scope goes down, compensation for those portions of the project shall be payable to the extent services are performed on those portions. The architect shall be entitled to compensation according with this agreement. So basically... Um, and alternately to 11.6, 11.6.1 is saying that if the project removes scope, if you've already done work on that scope, you don't have to um, issue a refund to the owner. Um, however, moving forward, you cannot expect your percentage compensation to be based on um, on on the old project scope. You have to do it based on the uh, scope minus whatever was removed. Okay, 11.7. The hourly billing rates for services of the architect and the consultants are set forth below. So this would be where you would um, outline your employee job titles and consultant job titles and what their pay rates are generally in an hourly basis um, and just outline them all here so that they're fully disclosed to the owner. And if you have to build them for ad service or on an hourly basis, they are not surprised by the rates. They must comply with this. Um, you'll also probably want a, a binder in here that, um, a provision that your rates can in inflate year over year by some percentage based on inflation, be that 2%, 4%, whatever it is. 
11.8. I'm going to sum 11.8 up for you. Basically, um, you have the right to be compensated for reimbursable expenses um, as well as as they occur for for uh, basic supplemental and additional services these things um, can be anything such as transportation and authorized out of town travel travel and subsistence which would be food long distance services permitting fees printing postage blah 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 all the things that are um, materially required by the project but um, are potentially um, outside expenses that should be reimbursed by the owner uh, and 11.8.2 is saying for reimbursable expenses the compensation shall be the expenses incurred by the architect and the consultants plus x percentage for admin fees processing fees whatever that may be 11.9 similar to what we talked about i believe in article 2 uh, architects insurance um, if the owner is requiring a higher uh, insurance limit than what you would typically or are required by law to carry then those additional costs um, may be uh, billable to the client here and you would disclose them here under 11.9 11.10 payments to the architect uh, 11.10.1 initial payment so an initial payment sometimes referred to as a retainer of x amount shall be ma made uh, upon the execution of this agreement and this is the minimum payment under this agreement it shall be credited to the owner's account in the final invoice so this is if you're requiring a, an initial payment also known sometimes as a retainer um, the next subsection is sustainability um, an initial payment of the architect shall be made upon uh, execution of this agreement for registration and other fees um, for certifying the sustainable um, sustainability certification. 11.10.2 progress payments. This is unless otherwise agreed payments for services shall be made monthly in proportion to the services performed. Um, if after X amount of days um, the uh, invoice shall start to bear interest at a rate of blank and you would put in your interest rate. The owner shall not withhold amounts from the architect's compensation to impose a penalty or liquidated damages on the architect or to offset sums requested by or paid to contractors for costs of changes in the work. So you, this is saying that the owner cannot choose to penalize you they have to go through the um, legal avenues that we discussed before mediation arbitration litigation um, in those order in that order uh, 11.10.2.3 records of reimbursable expenses etc um, shall be available to the owner um, upon their request at mutually convenient times so with that, we have run through the Article 11, compensation, um, how, you how you can expect to be paid, how you can expect to invoice, and um, things like that. 
the next section, Article 12, Special Terms and Conditions. I've typically seen this blank, but this is where other things can um, typically live as well. All right, this is going to be a good one. This uh, next article, Article 11, Compensation, is the one that you've probably been waiting for and looking forward to, is how much are you going to be paid and how are you going to be paid? So for this Article 11, um, Section 11.1, the article's basic services described in Article 3, which we've already been through, the owner shall compensate the architect as follows. Either point one, a stipulated sum, which is a lump sum or a, um, you know, uh, perhaps even a GMP or a maximum price or a maximum fee, uh, set fee, a, uh, any, any, whatever you want to call it. AIA calls it a stipulated sum. Okay. And you'll bill against that as a percent complete uh, on perhaps a monthly basis or whatever you outline later on in the section. Um, uh, Subsection two, percentage basis. This is stating that you will be compensated as a percent of the owner's budget for the cost of work as calculated in accordance with 11.6. So we'll get to that in a minute. This one is hard to justify and there are specific situations where you may want to do this. Um, Owners don't like it because if their budget goes up, then they also have to pay you more. But you may like that because if the effort that you're going to have to go through designing something goes up, then you should be compensated um, commiserately. So this one uh, is is good for you, but owners typically don't like it because it's harder for them to budget for. Stipulated sum is better for the owner because it's easier for them to budget for. However, there is more risk to you that if it takes significantly more time than you planned, uh, you don't have a vehicle really to ask for more money. That was the risk that you took. On the other hand, If it takes less time than you thought it was going to, you're still entitled to the full amount of money and perhaps then you're going to make a larger profit. Um, Three is other. Other compensation methods can include um, billing on an hourly basis. Um, Trying to think what what other ones have come up. Uh, A a GMP not to exceed, so a, it's a stipulated sum that you will bill against hourly and not exceed. So the, the, that's probably the most lenient and most in the owner's favor is, is that one because um, then you will not realize the extra profits um, it, it, that you would see in a stipulated sum and um, you also will, um, you cannot bill over the maximum price that you gave, thereby taking on additional risk. So you'd want to pr- um, account for that in your fee, probably. And the other part is that um, you would, um, 
yeah, I mean th that one's that one's typically hard, but large large clients typically like that one because then then they can budget and know that they will not uh, have problems. And you're probably going to want to work um, right up to that line of the maximum price, but not exceed it. So it's it's on you to try and get the best estimate of your effort as possible. Uh, 11.2 for the architect supplemental services designated in section 4.1.1 um, and for any sustainable sustainability services the owner shall compensate the architect as follows and then it says insert for stipulated sum um, or basis or compensation amount or which basically state state what methods of compensation are going to apply for that. It could it could be different than your um, base services stipulated sum, or you may not need this section altogether. Uh, subsection, sorry, 11.2. 11.3 states um, for additional services that may arise under the owner compensation architect agree as follows. Typically here you would state your hourly rate for additional services, or you may say to be negotiated on a case-by-case -case basis. Um, 11.4, compensation for supplemental and additional services of the architect's consultants when not included in this, in the, the prior two subsections, shall be uh, the exact amount invoiced plus a blank percent markup or as follows. So here you would state, um, you know, uh, my, my structural engineer is going to be making X number of dollars per hour for additional services or um, as, as uh, negotiated on a case-by-case -case basis plus a X percent markup to cover my administration additional coordination all, and any things that you would need to cover um, the admin costs of, of supplemental fees for your consultants. 11.5, when the compensation for basic, for basic services is based on a stipulated sum or a percentage basis, the proportion of the compensation for each phase and these phases match the phases that we saw um, earlier in section three um, in article three. So you've got schematic design, design development, construction phase, procurement phase, also known as bidding phase, and construction phase, sorry, construction documents, procurement, construction phase. So this is where you would say what percentage of the stipulated sum you're going to be billing at each of these milestones. The um, kind of typical amounts are uh, SD, SD is 10%, DD is 25%, CDs are 40%, BID is 5%, CA is 20%. That's kind of the typical rule of thumb. Uh, obviously, your total compensation, you want to add up to 100% so that you're not under bidding. And again, at any of these phases, um, you can change and say maybe your bid phase is billed hourly or something like that. But um, Article 11 is where you outline 
how much you're going to be paid, how you're going to be paid, and when you're going to be paid. So uh, 11.6, when compensation identified in this section 11.1 is on a percentage basis, progress payments for each phase of basic services shall be calculated by multiplying the percentages identified in this article by the owner's most recent budget and then the payment will go out. So you won't necessarily get back paid. Yeah, you. so the last sentence, compensation paid in previous progress payments shall not be adjusted based on uh, subsequent updates. So you can't, oh, suddenly say, oh, you've upped your budget. Let me go back and, and bill you for the SDU we completed two months ago. You cannot do that. That's what 11.6 is saying. Um, 11.6.1, when compensation is on a percentage basis and any portions of the project are deleted or otherwise not constructed, constructed so when your scope goes down, compensation for those portions of the project shall be payable to the extent services are performed on those portions. The architect shall be entitled to compensation according with this agreement. So basically, um, and alternately to 11.6, 11.6.1 is saying that if the project removes scope, if you've already done work on that scope, you don't have to um, issue a refund to the owner. Um, however, moving forward, you cannot expect your percentage compensation to be based on um, on on the old project scope. You have to do it based on the uh, scope minus whatever was removed. Okay, 11.7. The hourly billing rates for services of the architect and the consultants are set forth below. So this would be where you would um, outline your employee job titles and consultant job titles and what their pay rates are generally in an hourly basis um, and just outline them all here so that they're fully disclosed to the owner. And if you have to build them for ad service or on an hourly basis, they are not surprised by the rates. They must comply with this. Um, you'll also probably want a, a binder in here that um, a provision that your rates can in inflate year over year by some percentage based on inflation, be that 2%, 4%, whatever it is. 11.8, I'm gonna sum 11.8 up for you. Basically, um, you have the right to be compensated for reimbursable expenses um, as well as, as they occur for for uh, basic, supplemental, and additional services. These things um, can be anything such as transportation and authorized out-of-town travel, travel and subsistence, which would be food, long distance services, permitting fees, printing, postage, blah, blah, blah. All the things that are um, materially required by the project, but 
um, are potentially um, outside expenses that should be reimbursed by the owner. Uh, and 11.8.2 is saying for reimbursable expenses, the compensation shall be the expenses incurred by the architect and the consultants plus X percentage for admin fees, processing fees, whatever that may be. 11.9, similar to what we talked about, I believe in article two, uh, architects insurance, um, if the owner is requiring a higher uh, insurance limit than what you would typically or are required by law to carry, then those additional costs um, may be uh, billable to the client here and you would disclose them here under 11.9. 11.10 payments to the architect. Uh, 11.10.1 initial payment. So an initial payment sometimes referred to as a retainer of X amount shall be ma made uh, upon the execution of this agreement and is the minimum payment under this agreement. It shall be credited to the owner's account in the final invoice. So this is if you're requiring a, an initial payment also known sometimes as a retainer. Um, the next subsection is sustainability. Um, an initial payment of the architect shall be made upon uh, execution of this agreement for registration and other fees um, for certifying the sustainable um, sustainability certification. 11.10.2 progress payments. This is unless otherwise agreed payments for services shall be made monthly in proportion to the services performed. Um, if after X amount of days, um, the uh, invoice shall start to bear interest at a rate of blank and you would put in your interest rate. The owner shall not withhold amounts from the architect's compensation to impose a penalty or liquidated damages on the architect or to offset sums requested by or paid to contractors for costs of changes in the work. So you. This is saying that the owner cannot choose to penalize you. They have to go through the um, legal avenues that we discussed before: mediation, arbitration, litigation. Um, in those order, in that order. Uh, Eleven point ten point two point three records of reimbursable expenses, etc., um, shall be available to the owner um, upon their request at mutually convenient times. So with that, we have run through the Article 11, compensation, um, how, you how you can expect to be paid, how you can expect to invoice, and um, things like that. Um, the next section, Article 12, special terms and conditions. I've typically seen this blank, but this is where other things can um, typically live as well.